If Rio is really the city of your dreams Well, nothing's better there, but it's better than it seems I can get behind taking a break if you want When I was young, just to juxtapose I saw the world through glasses of rose And now I'm a ghost with no house to haunt the wonderfully engaging The Young Novelists, fronted by Graydon James and Laura Spink, with the power poppy Come Around Again, and that's from their new studio album, In City and Country. Now, the new album was recorded in Montreal with producer Howard Byleman, who's worked with Arcade Fire, Leonard Cohen, and The Wooden Sky. And according to Graydon and Laura, the new album explores the idea of community through the lens of those stranger-than-fiction tales that get passed from neighbor to neighbor over a cup of coffee at the kitchen table. Well, let's be honest, that sounds very intriguing. And to learn more about the new album, we caught up with Graydon and Laura at home in Toronto. So it's great to be able to talk to you both today. How's life treating you? It's great. It's uh, getting so nice outside, which is kind of lovely. So uh, we're enjoying that a lot. <laughs> there is a wonderful buzz around this new album. This is the third studio album. I, I got to say, I always feel, well, I get lots of feelings. You know, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm proud to see how productive you are. And I know, Graydon, uh, we talked way back about how you used to write your lyrics down when you were working as a mail carrier. That was yes. when things first started off. So if you're wondering why your mail never got delivered, it was probably Graydon James from the young <laughs> novelist that was doing it, and he was too busy writing songs. But uh, this album's got great buzz. Uh, we started off with the wonderful Power Poppy come around again, and it, certainly a very, very radio-friendly tune, and quite a band number, you know, compared to, you know, you play as a duo, just you and Laura, and then obviously you have the, the whole band. It's a, it's a wonderful song to be able to throw out, and I imagine it probably is already a live favorite, is it, to be able to play that song and it's very, you know, got a sing-along chorus to it? Yeah. Yeah, since we started playing it a, a while ago, 
it it has been. It, it's a song that we often play at the end of a set uh, or at the end of a show and get everyone to sing along. And it's, yeah, it's a really, and we kind of bill it as one of the only happy songs that we sing, which isn't even exactly true, though, because it's still not really a happy song. Yeah, the, the actual lyrical content, if you parse it, it's it's not particularly happy, but but it sounds happy. It sounds so that's, happy. That's, that's important. Yeah. Well, you know, that's quite a problem for people like myself, because sometimes we think, oh, yeah, we really love the song. And then you find out, oh, well, there's a murder or a suicide in it, you <laughs> yeah. know, and it's like, oh, well, it doesn't sound like that. So, no. <laughs> you know, part of the preparation we need to do is to actually make sure we know what we're going to be playing. I love the story behind this album. I mean, it, it was so good that I had to, you know, you sent me the notes to include. I had yeah. to include that information in the intro. You know, the, these are songs that... People may have shared, you know, the stories behind the songs may have been shared over a cup of coffee at the, the kitchen table. And, yeah. you know, that first song, Come Around Again, I mean, I think that was actually, um, that's a story of a heist, right? In Halton Hills or something? Yeah, it's, uh, I, I ended up finding this article and it was about this uh, Bonnie and Clyde style heist. It was these, this sort of love triangle as well, too. So there was a, a woman and man who were together, but then she was seeing another guy on the side, and he convinced her to engage into this crime spree. But it was the smallest, it was the funniest small town crime spree I'd ever heard of because their their takeaway, like the the haul that they had netted, was uh, the floor safe of a PetSmart, a spool of copper wire, and then a purse from one dentist's office, and then a different purse from a different dentist's office, yeah. and that was what they were caught with. That was their their haul. You know, I, I love the the idea behind the stories. And I know when we talked before, you told me that you were writing songs all based around these small towns. And I think, Graydon, you are from a small town, a very small town like Verona. I think that's, what, 1,300 people or something? Yeah, it's around that. Um, it's, uh, it is a very small town. And even, you know, I actually grew up on a farm on a country road. And it was like a 15-minute drive outside of Verona. But, you know, you just that's the town that you're near. So that's where you say you're from. But... Uh, yeah, technically, I'm from just a farm, oh, like out in the country. Yeah, it's a very unique kind of way to grow up, but you know, it obviously relates to a lot of different people's their their upbringing in a lot of different ways. And I feel like part of the whole theme is is finding the similarities between that small town life and the sort of quote unquote big city life, which I don't really think they're that different. They have a lot of surfacial differences, but there's still community. There's still people who you're, you're obviously you have friends and neighbors and, and a community that you connect with. And that's true in small towns and in big cities. And I think, Laurie, you're from Peterborough, which would be a, like a mid-sized city. Yeah, it's, I think there's about 70,000 70, people who, who live there now. And yeah, and, and it's so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a small city. It was surrounded by a lot of small towns. Like a lot of my friends were from Lakefield and, and Ennismore. And, uh, you know, in high school, we'd, we'd go out to the country and, and have uh, field parties. And so I kind of experienced that. And when I, was, when I was graduated from high school, I was really ready to leave. I thought, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I wanted to get out of there. But, you know, years later those feelings change. You kind of look at it more nostalgically and, and realize the beauty that was there. And now, you know, I don't know, one day we, we might, we may end up, you know, near there 
down the road. I don't know. <laughs> I, I kind of wondered if we were going to head to that. I mean, the, I know that there's the three of you because there's the yeah. your wonderful son, Simon, who is almost like part of the band now. He certainly, you know, he's in a lot of your social media when you are heading yeah. to shows, get some wonderful stories about some of the things that he says now that he's at school. Yeah, he he can be really, really involved. Um, and and we bring him on tour a lot of the times with us as well. So so he's very much part of things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I sense as much as you love the big city life and, you know, let I'm thinking about some of the work that Mike Ford's done, you know, that you can still have like, you know, each community in a big city is like a small town. There's just lots of them stuck together. But I get the impression that down the road, maybe you will surprise us and say, hey, we're moving back to Peterborough, Verona or something like that to make it. it Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely a possibility. There was there was a time about a year and a half ago where we were seriously looking. We love Toronto. But it's it's tricky. It's tricky to be an artist in in an expensive city like Toronto. So that that's a struggle sometimes, and, and it's a struggle that a lot of our our friends and colleagues uh, deal with. So, and a lot of them have moved away, and a lot of them are still here. So, coming to Toronto was because there's there's so much music industry stuff here, and it's just so easy to connect with that community when you're near them, and you can you know we have actually this kind of uh, monthly breakfast thing that we we all get together with some different songwriter friends is called the songwriters breakfast and we try to have a cheap breakfast out at a restaurant somewhere we, we don't even really necessarily talk about the industry but we talk about our lives and like sometimes industry stuff comes up but as often as not it's just about hanging out with people that that do the same job as you so that they understand what it's like so yeah it's it's been a kind of a wonderful thing to be here but as as with anything it's a balance and if you can't uh make the financial side work because it's it's expensive then you have to look at other ways to make it make it work you know one of the things i love is this this idea this is collected stories and i know well great and you are a, a novelist i i don't know if i should say i and i can't even remember whether you're actually currently a published novelist or a nearly published novelist i'm uh, a self-published novelist <laughs> self well that's that's good self-published yeah. novelist but one of the songs we're going to play a little later um, we're not playing it now, so this is a, a teaser to stay for the rest of this interview. Yeah. talks about uh, a conversation about a woman trying to decide which of two men that she wants to date or something. We're not going to... Don't name yeah. that song just now because we're going to play it a little later. But I just wonder how you actually... Do you listen to this conversation and say, oh, my, that could be a good topic for a song and then scribble some notes down for future reference? Is that how it works? It It's definitely something that it triggers in your mind for sure. Maybe it's just a natural inclination for a songwriter, or maybe it's something that everybody would do. You might repeat this story to friends or something if you didn't write it down in a song kind of thing, but it's uh, it certainly tweaks your imagination. And although I'm not somebody who is, I'm not particularly good at writing notes or making notes to myself, if it sticks in my head, then it's usually worthwhile exploring, or at least I'll remember to explore it and and then give it a try. And, you know, as as often as not, probably half the time, any idea that that is worthwhile ends up becoming nothing anyway. But uh, the the ones that that per- work out, then it's it's fantastic and it's amazing how much you could just glean just you know sitting on a subway car uh, or as I say like this that story for example came from sitting in a restaurant and every once in a while you just overhear something and it it triggers a memory or it triggers a, an idea and then 
you run with it. I can just imagine the next album is going to be called Subway Car. Yeah. <laughs> All these wonderful stories on yeah. the, the subway in Toronto. 30 songs I think you were working with, which you narrowed down to uh, the 10 that appeared on the album. Does that mean yeah. that there's a wealth of material that will appear on future recordings? Uh, a wealth is a, a very kind way to put it. Um, the Some of the songs are just, you know, they probably will never see the light of day. And in fact, I've been, I've, we've written a lot of songs for past albums. Usually we write about twice as much as we sort of quote-unquote need. And then hopefully that means the stronger songs make it onto the, the recording. And that means, you know, sometimes the, the previous songs will, they'll get another chance for the next recording, but other, you know, sometimes it just doesn't make any sense. Actually, crazily enough, one of the songs uh, is the, the sort of near title track, uh, City and Country is the name of the song. It was a song that was written a long time ago, and it hadn't made it onto any album. It did, just didn't make sense for any other album. And then for this album, it suddenly was like, well, this is almost like the thesis of the album. Yeah. So, you know, th that kind of stuff happens every once in a while, and it's, it's wonderful when it does, but... Um, it, you just, yeah, I don't know, you keep the song and you see what happens with it. Let's play another track from the album. I'd like to play the track all alone because I love it when Laura gets to sing. And Laura, I think since you've become a, a major part of the fronting of the band, I mean, you, yeah. you and Graydon front the band together when you're a five piece or a, it's five piece generally, right? When you play as a band. It is now, yeah. yeah. In the very beginning, we were six, um, but yeah, now it's either the two of us or the five of us. Right, and and you know, and that's the neat thing because you you know yeah. you're a perfect duo, and then you can play as a five piece. But you now get your moment in the sun. Uh, I love this <laughs> song because it's so beautiful. But there's another one of those songs. I say, oh, what a beautiful song! And then I read the notes, and it says, "A sharp critique of the role of religion plays in shaping small town conservatism," which is. <laughs> <laughs> So tell us, I mean, yeah. the, tell us a little bit about how this song came around. Um, it started actually from, uh, there's a place in Owen Sound that's called Salvation Corners. And it's four churches all on the corners of this one intersection. And then a block away is what's called Damnation Corner, which is four pubs that were all on one corner. So that combination of, of things was sort of the the beginning of the inspiration and then just realizing like there there are churches in in every small town and they are often very beautiful places and and a kind of a wonderful spot for the community to gather but uh there is a, a negative side sometimes to those things as well so it's just kind of exploring the the not so happy side which is just the i don't know that's our tendency to explore the the sadder side of things it's a very beautiful song Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Let's play that just now. This is the young novelists from their fabulous new album in City and Country. And this is All Alone. And you're listening to Folk Roots Radio. And I'm Jan Hall. Keep it away from me I had my doubts and you had me All these simple things denied If you're looking for sin You better begin with pride 
That's the young novelists with All Alone, featuring the wonderful Laura Spink. That's from their new album, In City and Country. Graydon James and Laura Spink are our special guests on Folk Roots Radio today. We're actually talking via Skype, which is a pity when you're listening to this on the radio, because you you miss the, the wonderful connection that you can get when you do video calls. 
I'd like to talk about the recording of the album because you recorded with Howard Bielemann in Montreal, who I believe you actually yeah. uh, met when you were doing a residency out in Banff. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, it was at this cool two-week singer-songwriter residency. It was the first time they'd ever done one. And as part of the, the residency, we all got um, three hours of studio time. And so Howard was the, the producer for all the different studio time things. And over the course of two weeks, they recorded 53 songs uh, with 24 different songwriters. And uh, that's a pretty impressive feat to do. And... It was really great to work with Howard. I mean, I was there quite often because I'm a one of my first instruments that I ever played is the drums. And so I was actually almost like a studio drummer, like living the life of a session drummer coming in two or three times a day to, to just be a drummer for various people's recordings. And that was really a lot of fun for me as well. But just working with Howard in that environment, he's super knowledgeable, super chill and, and just a really great sort of shepherd for these songs. And so... Uh, it seemed like a natural idea to just work with him when we came up with uh, the time to do the recording. Yeah. You know, one of the nice things is that changing producers is I don't really notice, like, oh, this is different from Made of Strangers, which uh, it, it feels, oh, yeah, it's a young novelist album. You know, you can hear Graydon, you can hear Laura, um, wonderful songs. So it seemed like just a natural flow. I mean, and I guess yeah. it was like an audition, right, when you were with him in, in Banff, you know, spend a little time together, say, oh, yeah, this feels real good. Yeah, I don't know that we've never we've worked with a different producer for every album, every studio album that we've that we've made. And in in all those cases, I think we've we've had a good amount of autonomy in in making decisions and kind of relying on our producer to to kind of help, well, like Graydon said, help shepherd the album and and just kind of make sure we're headed in the right direction and and weighing in on, you know, if we're we're torn about some production choice, but we've never really had the experience where the producer is, is, you know, making all, making all of the decisions. It's been pretty collaborative. Um, and that feels really natural to, to us that, that we have a lot of, a lot of input in, in the sound. And this was no different than that, but different in a lot of other ways and, and really lovely. And I think that because your role in the band is ex- expanded, Laura, I mean, obviously there's a, because it used to be Graydon James and the Young Novelists, and you know yeah, you started yeah. to sing harmonies. Now you get to uh, to front some of the songs yourself. It also means that probably the personnel that play on the album changes. Was it the full band that you play live with that, that were on the album, or were these people who were brought in more for session work? It was kind of a combination. We've we've played with Derek Brady, uh, who played bass, and we've we've played with him live before. But we kind of have a variety of different bass players that we play uh, for live shows. John Law is is our electric guitar player that we've been playing with since 2011. Yeah. The other folks were, were essentially Montreal people that Howard thought would be a good fit with our sound. And so he brought them in. It was actually quite fantastic. Like it all really did gel together really well. So it was, it was really great to work with them. So you must be pretty happy with the end result. Yeah. I mean, we... <laughs> As, as a person who creates things, you're always, I think, looking at your own creation and being like, oh, I screwed up here. Or I made this mistake there. You know, it's really easy for us to see the imperfections that are caused by us. And hopefully people, you know, I don't think people really do see that. They don't necessarily go like, oh, Graydon's voice wavered a little bit on that. 
particular syllable. You know, we get pretty down deep into those kind of things. I have a really hard time seeing the forest from the trees, especially like the first year, basically, yeah. of, of putting, you know, cre- creating an album and putting it out it's it's to be honest it's hard to listen to it because because of that you're just nitpicking all those little things that you wish you had done differently um and that's just the way that I am and I know that I'm like that so I just try to roll with it the best I can now so so that's a really hard question to answer we will probably like it at some point in the future (laughs) but yeah no i mean the thing is like there is a a good side to that that quote-unquote nitpickiness it's not really nitpickiness it's just like it's seeking to to do the best job that we can and and laura you know she is really i think one of the reasons why a lot of our albums sound similar is because laura is is amazing at getting making sure that the vocal sound is as big and warm as as it can be and that's a big part of our recordings and i i give a lot of credit to laura for for figuring out how to get those those great tones and great sounds in our voices and that's a that's really important and it's a big factor in in why we have any success if we do have any success (laughs) oh you definitely are having lots of success there's Mm -hmm. absolutely no doubt about that and you know one of the things i was thinking when you were talking about you know the nitpickiness it does seem when we do these interviews with people, I often find that by the time we're talking about the album, you get the impression they're already thinking about what comes next, you know, yeah. because it's almost like you reach that point where, you know, I've listened to this so much and, you know, gone over and over and over. And I, you have to almost take a break from your own album because, you you know, it's almost like, OK, let's go out, play live. Let's enjoy these songs, sharing them with people. But actually listening to the recording itself almost gets a little too challenging. It it is a funny thing that for whatever reason playing live does not seem to have the same uh, like I I you know we have songs that we've been playing since two thousand nine when we first started that we've been playing live and play them not necessarily every show but a lot of shows and still play them and it's still enjoyable to play them but yeah the recording sometimes I mean you know I've probably listened to this this album and every album we've made I've probably listened to them a hundred a hundred and fifty times. Because you, because you have to. Yeah, and it's it, you listen to the mixes when when that gets done, and then you're you're fixing them, you're editing, and then like listening to them again and again, and then getting it mastered. So yeah, by the end of that process, you're just like, I don't want to listen to yeah. this. <laughs> just give me a break, and uh, and then you know, as I say, like maybe a year or two years after you listen to it, and you're like, oh, I haven't heard this in a while, and it almost has a nostalgia for you. Yeah, yeah. So let's take a a break with another song from the album. I want to play that song that we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. The woman having to choose between two brothers who happen to be twin brothers. Uh, The song is entitled Two of a Kind. I gather this is a conversation from Goderich, which makes me think that if I go into a coffee bar and Graydon James and Laura Spink are sitting at another table, I might move further away for fear that my story (laughs) might might end up in a song. Yeah, that might be a good idea. Yeah. It depends. I don't know. If you want a song written about some situation that you're in, then maybe, you know, sit close and talk loud. And then we'll, uh, we'll be like, oh, let's write a song about Jan's uh, issues here. And, and maybe that would be a good thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's such a, it's such a fun idea for a song. I, I imagine when you play these songs live, you've got all these wonderful stories that naturally tumble out whenever you're going to play a song, right? That you say, well, let's play this song. And then you, you tell the story. I mean, it's, 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 it's just a natural link from the point of view of 
um, moving between the recorded work and, you know, the actual live performance. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. I mean, that's one thing that's like, it's wonderful to be in the folk realm because those stories are a big part of the show for any folk artist and people really enjoy hearing them. It makes maybe less sense if we're in like a big bar or a club or something like that, but we don't necessarily do those shows that often anymore. So, you know, in a theater setting, in a concert series and that kind of stuff or a house concert or whatever, it's great. It's a a big factor in, in a part of the show. Let's play that song just now. This is the Young Novelists with the song Two of a Kind from their great new album in City and Country. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. I remember the hard nights I remember the street lights I remember the time and the place where we kissed Was he in the same place? The same look on the same face The same sense of despair Cause I know now what I miss And what he Church bell. Now even the trees and the leaves are drifting apart. In the dark of the autumn, when you fell and you caught on, oh, the end of the thread looks exactly like the start. That's the Young Novelists 
with two of a kind from their new album, Insidian Country. Grin James and Laura Spink are our special guests on Folk Roots Radio today. We're talking via Skype, which means we're having so much fun because we can see each other at the same time as talk. Let's talk about the live show because one of the things I love about you is the fact that you have developed this career and it almost, I mean, I wonder if there's almost like by accident that you have this wonderful duo that you've developed. I mean, uh, your life partners as well as playing music together, but you can also play as a band, which to me makes you like the perfect live act. You know, you, if you can only afford two people, you've got them. And if you can afford a whole band, you can get them. Um, yeah. You must be pretty pleased yeah. the way things are working out. Yeah. And that we, we did kind of fall into that by accident it makes a lot of sense <laughs> but, so I wish we could say oh yeah that was totally planned um but it, it really came from you know us starting as a band and and having you know all the instruments play all the parts that we heard in our head when the songs were written just realizing that Graydon and I had a different vision of where we wanted things to go and a lot of the shows that we played, like once we had that option of playing together, um, it opened a lot of doors for us. We got more offers to play other certain venues that didn't really consider us when we were a band. And so we realized that it, yeah, it just gave us a lot of flexibility to be able to, to play in, in different configurations, which was, which was awesome. So, uh, and yeah, so we built our career on, you know, mainly playing as a duo because we can tour together a lot more easily that way. And but but still getting to play band shows when it makes sense to play band shows. So um, and we and we really do love getting to play as a band. Well, you're certainly a very hardworking band. I think you played uh, what over a hundred shows for the last album, Made Us Strangers. One of the things I love, and you know, it, this gets into the business of of music, but I love the way that you really not just work hard, but you you know, you you're really trying to expand your reach into different markets. You've been going down to the States a lot. You played at the Northeast Regional Folk Alliance, I think what, several years now. So people yeah. down in the US know you more. I actually noticed this time your your radio tracker is actually from the, the US, which seems a good move to to try and break in. Where does the business side of this come from? Is that a Graydon thing or a Laura thing? Uh, I think Laura's way more business-minded than I am. I am, uh, unfortunately, terrible at business. It has been really good, though. And, I mean, it, you know, once we started doing it, it, it made more sense to, to go that way just because, uh, unfortunately, there is a much larger population in the States, and it's way easier to just drive an hour or two and have another million people that you can play to. You know, once you realize that, then you're like, oh, yeah, well, that just makes sense. And, yeah, there's paperwork and there's administration and there's, you know, uh, some other th unfortunate sides to it. But as long as you're okay with, with getting that stuff done, then it ends up being a, a good career move. And and we have to give a lot of credit to um, – we've been working with our manager, Amy Tarian, almost since the beginning, since 2010. And so she – you know, the three of us work really closely together to kind of to come up with – our plans for for the future and and what what we want to do next year and the year after. So she's really been instrumental in in helping to to shape uh shape what makes sense for for us. Yeah, she's been helping us actually connect with people in the UK, and we're going to be heading to Europe hopefully later this year. 
possibly next year. Um, but we're just we're figuring that out right now. So yeah, the, as you say, breaking those new markets and just figuring out what the next career steps are. As I say, it's not my forte, but it's Laura and Amy have brilliant minds for that kind of thing. So it's great. So tell us about the tour plans for this album. You're actually, I think, heading out pretty soon, aren't you, to share this with audiences? Yeah, yeah. We we have shows in, in Ottawa and Campbellford and, and Vermont, actually. Uh, first off, like the 17th, 18th, 19th, and then our Toronto, our Toronto CD release. Al- album release party is at the Transac on May 24th. Um, and so we're we're really excited about that, um, and we have a bunch of weekend uh, weekend stuff in in Ontario. So we're playing Guelph on the thirty first at Silence, and and then we're headed out east in June. So we'll be doing some shows in Halifax and Fredericton, PEI. Yeah, and then doing some stuff, a, a lot of uh, U.S. shows in in the summer and some festivals and stuff. So a lot of it is, I mean, we do have, as you mentioned, we have a seven year old son and so we're largely trying to keep it to like thursday friday saturday shows and that's sort of our mandate it's been our mandate for the past year or so just to try to have some family structure and stability and uh that's that's important to us as well so yeah we have a lot of like essentially most weekends we're either out playing shows or we have a couple of family weddings this summer too so uh we'll be doing some of those things too which is kind of nice but uh yeah it's it's a busy time and then plans to go to the U.S. a little later, and then you mentioned into Europe. Now, have you done much touring in Europe before? We've done one tour in Europe. We did uh, Netherlands, Germany, Switzerland, and Austria for Made Us Strangers. We have a few contacts there already, but we actually have never played in the U.K., which seems like an obvious place to go and play because we're singing English music, and it's uh, a place where people speak English. So... Yeah, Germany though, you know, they love folk music and the Netherlands is an amazing place to be in and to play as well. So we're going to head back to those places and uh but also add the UK in into our touring plans. I'm sure they're going to love you in the UK and again because you have such wonderful stories about small small town life and let's be honest the the UK has lots of small towns to to explore. Yeah. It's been great to talk to you today. If people want to learn more about the young novelists, how can they do that? We have our website, theyoungnovelist.com. And from there, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And it's all under, you know, the handle, the young novelist. If you, if you type that in, you'll be able to find us. We have a deal with Google where uh, yeah. you search for the young novelists. Uh, yeah. No, it's, 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 really easy. it's kind of hilarious. I mean, I, I actually did an image search for Laura last night uh, out of nowhere i was just like i wonder if i put in laura spink in in like the image google search what'll come up and there's actually a bunch of photos that came up that i'd never seen before which really? is kind of funny okay. anyway uh so yeah you can find us uh, google's the young amazing man. yeah google's fantastic we have shares in google <laughs> Well, you know, one of the things I wanted to put a plug in, because you always have a very nice newsletter. You do these wonderful videos from home uh, where you, you know, play and, and talk and Simon gets to interact and uh, <laughs> there's lots inter- of great stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, please head to the youngnovelist.com and sign up for their mailing list. You will not be disappointed. We only have one thing left to do, and that's play the final track I thought it should be the near title track from the album because you mentioned earlier on that the track City and Country kind of ties it all together. So tell us a little bit about this song. 
This was a song that was, uh, as I mentioned, it was written a long time ago and never really seemed to make sense for other albums. But um, it's really about when I first came to Toronto and was trying to figure out uh, how I fit into this community, sort of relating it to the community that I had come from as a small town kid, just what, what the similarities and what the differences are and, and you know how, how people fit in and sometimes how they don't fit in. Um, and that's okay. So yeah, it's a lot, a lot of different things in that vein, but it ends up being the, the thesis for, for our album now. So that's, uh, that's why it's the near title track. As always, it's a great pleasure to talk to you both. Graydon James, Laura Spink from The Young Novelists. And this is City and Country from their wonderful new album, In City and Country. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. And thanks again. Thanks so much, Jen. Thanks so much. Stay my Sing.
Scrape the sky